Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. And what a guest we have for you today. Jay Torborg is joining us. He's uh, fresh back from some riding in France where he got to spend a lot of time on Mont Ventoux. Jay, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Oh, you're welcome, George. Thank you for having me. Now, Jay, you and I have ridden together quite a bit, actually, on pack tours. And when I heard that you were riding on Ventoux, I thought, I want to get a first-person account of what this climb is actually like. And uh, okay. I've really been looking forward to talking with you about it. So tell us, uh, why Vontoux? What? Why did you choose that to go for, uh, spend some time? Uh, well, we actually, um, some of my cycling buddies and I rented a house in the town of Carome, and I'm probably mispronouncing all these French na- uh, town names, so bear with me. Um, Carome is a little town that's uh, about halfway in between uh, Malacine and Bedouin, or Bedouin, I think the French pronounce it, which are two of the starting points of, of kind of the two major climbs up to the top of Antu. We rented the same house about six years ago and just had a blast riding in that area. The roads in, in Provence in that area are just gorgeous. Lots of vineyards, rolling hills, you know, let alone the two, you know, the multiple climbs of Mont Ventoux. And so we decided to go back to the same location. The house was just really pretty and, and very nice. And we had lots of great restaurants and, you know, Patisseries and boulangeries and someone near nearby, um, you know, a great little grocery store right next door to the house. So we just had a blast in that area. So decided to go back. Um, Vontu obviously is a very well known climb. It's kind of one of the classic, you know, Tour de France climbs. And uh, you know, we, so it's kind of fun to do that climb a couple, three times, you know, on a trip. But I, I would say that after you've done it a few times, it kind of gets old. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I think I've done Vontu maybe a dozen times over the years. I've been, I've been back to the same area. This is the third, third trip to that same general area. Um, but the rest of the riding in that area is just epic. I mean, it's, it's, there's very few places I've been to, and I've, I've been to a lot of different places in Europe and, and the U.S. And, and other places, and there's just not much riding that's much better than what you'll find in that area in Provence. Okay, you're making me extremely envious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know what it's like to be on such a storied climb, storied roads. Uh, we all get this view of it on the television, but what's it like from the saddle? Um, so so where I was staying, it's probably about uh, maybe four or five miles from Karom to the start of what's considered the real climb of Bantu. 
And so I have, there's probably maybe 500 feet of elevation gain to get to that start. And then once you start uh, from the Bedouin side, which is the climb that they always seem to do in the Tour de France, it's 19 kilometers from the start of the climb to the top that averages about seven and a half percent. And on that side, on that particular ascent up onto the, the grade is pretty consistent all the way up. I mean, it, it maybe varies by one or 2%. Um, but you know, there's really no lulls except, uh, except for the parking lot of the Chateau Renault, which is about six kilometers from the top. It really, there's really no respite. I mean, it's pretty much constant climbing. Um, it starts out a little bit easier at the beginning and gets a little bit harder toward the end, but for the most part, it's, you know, pretty much a consistent slog <laughs> all the way up. Um, I would say, you know, the first, up until you get to the point to the Chateau Renault, it's uh, pretty much in the woods all the way. So the, the road kind of, you know, has some switchbacks, but a lot of pretty straight, you know, long sections. Um, and so you can, you know, you, it's not like the Alpe d'Huez where you can see all the switchbacks and count them and know how close you are to the top. It's kind of more of a very consistent, you know, fairly significant climb, uh, for quite a long time. <laughs> so, uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, a spring chicken anymore and I, you know, I'm, I'm probably don't have the best physique for climbing. So it's, uh, it, it took me about two hours to get up the Bedouin climb. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, a younger, more fit, you know, rider would probably be able to do it in, you know, less time. I think the pros tend to take, a about an hour or so, maybe a little more than an hour. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's a good long workout. So what's it like when you come out of the trees and you can actually see all the way to the top? Um, you know, in some ways it, it seems easier at the top, even though the, the grade is a little harder, but you can, you know, you, you can get a much better sense of how close you are to the top. So, uh, you know, it's, it can be windy up there. I mean, the Vantu means wind, I think oh. in French. So, <laughs> so it's often very, very windy at the top. Now, fortunately, this this past, you know, when I did it a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't anywhere near that windy. So um, there's kind of just a nice, pleasant breeze enough to keep you cool, but not, you know, not enough to blow you over. Um, in past times I've done it, the wind, you know, it's it's a very treacherous descent in that section because it's very exposed. It's, it's kind of like a, you know, almost like a lunar landscape sort of. It's kind of just... Uh, kind of light gray rocks, you know, uh, right up to the road with no, no, nothing to block the wind, really. A lot of riders this time of year going up the climb, so particularly on the Bedouin side. So, you know, generally it's, it's sort of like going to a, you know, a big century ride in the U.S. where you have, you know, hundreds of other riders around you. That's what it's like climbing Bantu. When you get to the top, there are literally probably 200 riders <laughs> kind of camped out at the top getting their picture taken with a sign or, you know, talking to their friends or whatever. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a very interesting, you know, it's not like just going out and doing a local ride. I mean, there are just literally tons and tons of cyclists, probably more bicycles on the road than there are cars. And that was my next question. Wow. I'm stunned. There's that many, but not really, I guess. Yeah. Well, in fact, one of the interesting things this time around was that there are a lot more e-bikes. I would say probably 15 to 20 percent of the bikes going up onto were e-bikes, and you know I had never seen that before. I mean, certainly not in the U.S. It's just not very common to see people out climbing big climbs with with e-bikes, but it's very different in Europe. 
Now, you were telling me when we were talking uh, before that you actually liked the other side of Vantu even better than the the more traveled side. Um, I do in some ways. It's uh, you know, it's it's more um, it's more varied. So, you know, you it's a little bit longer climb. It's twenty two kilometers from Malatine to the top. It still has an average grade of seven and a half percent, but there are uh, sections that are you know more like three percent. In fact, when you're doing these big climbs in France, there are these little almost like gravestones on the side of the road every every kilometer that indicate how far you are from the top and what the average grade for the next kilometer is. And so on the Malassine side, you often see, you know, a 3% and then you'll see a 12% and then you'll see an 8%, you know, whereas on the Bedouin side, it's almost always like 7 or 8%, like almost the entire way up. Uh, so the Malassine side is a little more varied. You get a little bit more chance to rest on those more gradual sections. Um, but of course you have steeper sections as well. So it actually took me longer to get up the Malassine side because I, you know, it's not, you don't, you can't get into quite the same kind of rhythm that you get on the Bedouin side, but at the same time, that makes it, you know, a little bit more interesting, uh, climb as well. Now I'm thinking a little bit earlier was saying the descent can be treacherous because it's exposed and very windy. I'm also thinking of all the riders that are out there, and that's not a wide road. And you've got people who are just flying down as a number climbing up. Uh, that sounds like it could be a little scary. It, you know, if it's windy, it can be quite scary. I mean, this time it wasn't very windy, so it wasn't too bad. But uh, I remember the last time I was there, which was about six years ago, trying to come down the descent when you had you know, 20 mile an hour crosswinds, maybe even more than 20 miles an hour, you know, you almost felt like you were getting blown off the bike a little bit when you're coming down a fast descent, particularly if you had deeper profile wheels. And so, yeah, it can be a little bit dicey coming down. I'm not the best descender, so <laughs> I was a little bit nervous at times. Um, but this time it was, it was actually quite a bit, you know, gentler breeze. And once you got into the trees, it was actually quite pleasant. I'm curious, what is your favorite climb in France? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's probably not one of the big, big, huge climbs. I mean, some of the smaller climbs are in some ways more pleasant to me. I mean, I, you know, I, I love to climb, but I, I like climbs that are, you know, a thousand to 2000 feet, not ones that are 5,500 feet like Bantu. <laughs> so, you know, because by the time I get to the top of Vantu, you know, my lower back is killing me and <laughs> I'm just kind of ready for it to be over. You know, whereas the shorter climbs, you know, it's, uh, you, you still get that sense of accomplishment. You still get that beautiful descent on the other side and, uh, you know, you're not quite so worn out. So you really don't have a favorite you could name in France. How about in the U.S.? Oh, boy. Um uh, you know, one one of my favorite climbs in the U.S. is is um, Mount Lemon in Tucson, just because it's you know it's it's not super steep. It's the pavement is really nice. The you know the cars seem to pay some attention to cyclists, and you know you don't feel like you're getting in their way that much because there's enough of a shoulder, or it's a wide you know wide enough road, and uh, you know the descent is pretty nice because it's the, the you know, all the all the the roads seem to be banked in the right direction as you're coming down the down the um, you know long descent. But uh, you know, there's other really beautiful climbs in the Northwest as well. You know, Mount around Mount Rainier, um, 
they were quite nice. Um, even just to, near where I live here in Portland, um, you know, we have we don't have really huge climbs like that, but there's quite a few thousand foot climbs that are you know up into the West Hills that are that are a lot of fun as well. So getting back to Vaughn too, if someone is planning a trip to Europe, where would you recommend they stay again? Well, the town that we stayed in is the uh, town of Carome, C R C A R O M B, and uh, that's a great place. It's a t- it's a tiny town, though. I mean, it's it's not quite um, the you know the cycling hotspot that that Bedouin or Malassine are, um, and there are, I don't think there's any too many hotels. There may be two or three really small hotels, whereas some of these bigger towns have you know much more hotel space. Um, but what made it nice for us is just, uh, you know, kind of, it was a beautiful house. I mean, it was an eight bedroom house and, you know, we had plenty of room and, uh, and all the local amenities, the, you know, the patisseries that were very close by the grocery store right next door, um, you know, some nice restaurants. So that area is just a great place to stay. And the, and the cycling in that area is, is, you know, really unparalleled and just really nice roads, many roads with very, very few cars. Um, there was a little section of, of roads um, that were literally about two or three miles from where we were staying that once you got into the section, you could ride 25 or 30 miles and maybe see a half a dozen cars the whole time with just perfect pavement, you know, just really beautiful rides through the trees and the vineyards and, you know, plenty of, you know, climbing, plenty of flatter sections. I mean, just a, just a you know, really beautiful area. Well, Jay, I sure appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. A very fun conversation. Appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Jay Torborg joining us on Over the Top Cycling from the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 